Thanks for listening to this message from Whitstable Community Church. To find out more, go to www.whitstablecommunity.church. Hello and welcome to this fourth podcast in our series, What Christians Believe. Today we're looking at what Christians believe about Jesus. Now where do you start when talking about Jesus? He's the most famous man who ever lived. We've more written about him, songs sung about him, art created about him than anyone else. Everyone who has heard of him will have some opinion of him, whether they've given it real thought or not. And it may even be helpful to ask that question of yourself now before you dive into the rest of this podcast. What do you think about Jesus? Who do you think that he is? For our benefit today, we want to start by setting Jesus within the wider biblical story, and that will help us understand who he is. In order to do that, we have to go back and pick up the story from where we left off last time. Now, if you remember, Genesis 3 ends with Adam and Eve, and by association, all of humanity being banished from God's presence. God then chooses a family that will grow to become the nation of Israel to be his people. And just as Adam and Eve were called to be his representatives on the earth, this nation Israel are also called to be God's representatives to the other nations. They're supposed to reflect God's character through the way they live to the world around them. Despite the sin of humanity, God shows his heart is to still be in the midst of his people. And so therefore he instructs Israel first to build a tabernacle, a large tent, then later on a temple as a physical place where his presence can dwell. So just like in the Garden of Eden, God was in the midst of his people. However, unlike the Garden of Eden, access to this place and God's presence was now restricted because of the people's sin. Despite being called to represent God, Israel kept going their own way. Like Adam and Eve, they were often a poor reflection of God to the world. And because of their continued disobedience and unfaithfulness to the Lord, they end up repeatedly getting oppressed by other nations and becoming subordinate to them. And even when they're living in their own land, they essentially become like slaves. During this time, God promises to send a Messiah, a chosen one, to liberate Israel from their oppression and to be their king. And it's into this context, when Israel is under Roman rule, that a child called Jesus is born in a place called Bethlehem. Now, Jesus is born with very little earthly fanfare, though the Gospels do speak of an angelic one. The Bible writers claim that he is conceived not by man, but by the Spirit of God. He's given the name Jesus, which means the Lord saves. This Jesus lives a fairly anonymous life until the age of 30, when he suddenly bursts on the scene and begins to cause a stir by saying things like the kingdom of heaven. So God's rule and reign was drawing near and calling people to turn back to God. He then began a three year traveling ministry where he taught with amazing wisdom and performed healings and miracles that got everyone talking. He performed acts that seemed to deliberately evoke key moments from Israel's history, like calling 12 disciples to follow him, evoking the 12 tribes of Israel, going into the desert for 40 days, evoking Israel's time in the wilderness, and miraculous provision of food, evoking the provision of manna in the desert. It was like he was retelling Israel's story, but through his own life and actions. And at the same time, he made outrageous claims about his identity, suggesting that he was God. He also challenged the religious leaders and the system of the time, controversially saying that the temple, which was so central to Israel's worship and identity, was becoming obsolete. In other words, its days and its use were numbered. 
Now, with all of this going on, people began to wonder, was this Jesus that promised Messiah? Was he the one who was going to save them, as his name suggested? But then he died, crucified on a cross under the accusation that he was revolting against Roman rule and positioning himself as king opposed to Caesar. However, three days after his very public death, witnesses claimed that he had risen from the dead. And from that point, a whole movement sprang up in his name that swept across the known world and continues to expand today. So who was this Jesus? Our scripture for today is John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. And I suggest that you pause this podcast now and just take a few minutes to read it through. But from this passage, we can see that the Bible teaches the following things about Jesus. Number one, like God, Jesus is eternal. Verse one says that Jesus was with God at the very beginning and that all things were made through him. Number two, however, Jesus was not merely with God and is not merely like God. Verse one tells us that he was God. But then verse two reemphasizes that Jesus was with God. What's the point of this? Well, it's to show that Jesus is God, but also distinct from God. Number three, verse 14 tell us, tells us more about Jesus's identity. It describes Jesus as the only son from the father. And this reveals to us Jesus's relationship with God the father. He is his son. Number four, verse 18 tells us that the son of God has been has made the father known. In the letter to the Hebrews, Jesus is described as being the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus said of himself, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if we want to know what God is like, we need to look at Jesus. He's the perfect, true reflection of God. And in this way, he succeeds where Adam and Eve and Israel fail, which is why he is sometimes referred to as the second Adam or the true Israel. Number five, verse 14 of John chapter one also tells us that the word became flesh, that the eternal Jesus became a man. Now, Jesus was not part God and part man or fully God in heaven, but fully man on earth. No, he was fully, he was and is fully God and fully man at the same time. And this made him uniquely God's representative to the world and humanity's representative before God. Number six, verse 14 tells us that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word dwelt literally means tabernacled. Just as God had dwelt among his people, Israel, in the tabernacle and the temple, so Jesus came and pitched his tent among humanity. That's why the temple became unnecessary, because Jesus becomes the true temple, the place where heaven and earth meet. And then number seven, in verse eight, Jesus is said to be the true light that came into the world to reveal God. But verse 11 tells us his own people rejected him. However, verse 12 tells us that to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. How did he do this? Well, that's the topic for our next session. What Christians believe about the cross and the resurrection. For now, though, here's a few questions to think about. Firstly, what did you think of Jesus before listening to this podcast and reading this passage of scripture? And has your view changed at all? Secondly, what most impacts you about what Christians believe about Jesus? And thirdly, what questions do you still have about Jesus? I hope that's been helpful. Thanks so much for listening and catch up with you next time.